Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. We welcome you to today's show. All right, hello and welcome to episode eight of the Everyday Church Podcast. It's good to be with you today. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning. Yes, it is. Oh, no, it's afternoon. You're completely wrong. Um, but we are going to continue our conversation today on culture flaws. Um, our last episode, we spent a, a lot of time talking about a culture where behavior is being avoided rather than being addressed. Yeah, yeah. Good, um, good that, podcast, man. You, you spoke well. Thanks, man. I, I particularly enjoy your voice versus mine, but that's okay. That's why we're a team. Um, but we're going to continue that conversation today and unpack um, maybe one, maybe two more culture flaws, depending on See how we go. on how fast uh, we are going with that. But um, what we're going to discuss today is a culture flaw or a culture issue that I found very quickly um, when I moved to the church I'm at now at Malala Uniting. Um, and it's the culture of, oh, we've been there and we've done that. Mm. So you, you're walking into a church or you're walking into a new culture that has a long history and they've done things. They've done things. And they've had ministers and they've had young people come in. They've had all these things happen. Yeah. So when they see passion, oh, we've seen passion before it didn't work. Or, oh, we did a Sunday school before it didn't work. They have never seen passion like yours <laughs> before, Jordy. <laughs> never in their whole history have they seen passion like yours. They had no idea what they were signing up for, but they love it. Um, but it was interesting because I was coming in and thought, okay, well, let's do a youth group because, well, a youth group's a great start to get youth people in. Sure. Um, I went to a, a pastor's conference or day the other week uh, with a guy named Kerry Newhoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about how he walked into a church and they were saying, oh, we don't have any kids. And he said, well, where's your Sunday school? And they said, oh, we don't have a Sunday school because we don't have any kids. And it, there's this interesting kind of paradox that it's all... You have to have kids to want to do ministry. You need to have a ministry to have kids. It's the whole chicken and the egg of ministry. Yeah, yeah. And um, I kind of walked into that a little bit, except that they've tried these things before and they've kind of worked for a little bit and then they've fallen flat. Mm. So I, I've walked into a culture where they've seen great things happen. Great things. They, they built, oh, it must have been a long time ago, but they built a second building because they ran out of space. Yeah. Um, and so they've, they've seen numbers, they've seen youth, they've been to camps, they've seen people get excited, but they've all stopped those things. And now I walked into that culture saying, let's do something new. And they said, no, we've done that before. We shouldn't mm. try it again. Um, and today we're going to try and unpack that a little bit um, and hopefully it'll be a bit of a help to you guys and you might be able to see in your culture, in your church, a bit of this and how you might be able to address it better. So, so what do you reckon, Geordie, uh, uh, are some of the things that um, really lead people down this path to that kind of attitude? Because it is an attitude mm-hmm. uh, that they've uh, had in their time. What, what do you reckon are some of the, what's the underlying things that are happening within the life of that congregation they, that they get to that point to say, you know what, everything you've brought to me, we've done that before. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. We've done youth ministry, we've done children's ministry, we've, we've done all, all these different programs, we've done Alpha, we've done <laughs> Walk Across the Room, we've done this, we've done that, we've done everything. What brings you, to, you reckon, to a church to that point? Well, I think it really identifies that they're a bit flat. 
Uh, first off, and you, so you, energy again. I think as we've discussed every episode, energy is really key there. And what it's saying is, Jordan, we don't want to try something we've already tried before because we know it doesn't work. And when you start hearing that language, you start to see what's going on under, under the surface. And one thing I think you start to realize is they have a lot of faith in models and ideas and not a lot of faith in what God's spirit can do in any model. Mm. So they're saying, oh, we're not going to do that model again or that idea because that didn't work, which means that within them, they believe that if they did the same thing again, that God can't work through it. And I think as a leader, we've got to speak into that and say, it doesn't matter what model it is, what really matters is that what is that what God is calling us to do? And if it is, it will work no matter what the model is. Yeah, there's 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 a little bit of a, a duplicity happening here because sometimes doing the same thing over and over and over again is a sign of madness. That's mm. what the old uh, proverb says, uh, and expecting a different result anyway. So there is that kind of thing, but there's also then uh, what is the spirit of God? asking us to do now in this season mm. that may not have happened in the past and so we can expect yeah. a different result mm. and so um so how do we how do we encourage a congregation out of this this uh, doldrums I, I think that's what it is yeah. it's actually a a sense that maybe god hasn't uh, turned up in the past what they expected mm. god to turn up They've tried models of ministry and they haven't worked. And so their their doubt is high and their mm. faith is low. So how do we turn that around? How do we move past that? Well, one thing that I've tried to do is, is pull them out of the past. To leave the past where it is because they're kind of in it and they're proud of some areas of the past and they're ashamed of some other areas of their past. And I want to try and encourage them and I've tried to the best of my ability to do this, to say, let's look at what's coming next, not what we've already done. So let's stop looking back, because I think we've learned enough lessons from what's behind us. Let's start moving forward to what we're going to do next. And, and that's been a long conversation, trying to encourage them that we're stepping into something new, that perhaps there have been some great seasons behind them, they've done some great things, and then there's been some seasons where they've done nothing. And now it's time to do something new. Mm. And that might not mean it's a new idea, but we're stepping into a new season of life and of ministry. And in that, God can do anything. So I've really tried to promote the fact that when we step into a new season, the possibilities are endless. And whether it's a new idea, whether it's an old ministry style, that in a new season, God can do something new, a new outcome, a new response, new people, and that we should be excited about that. So I've tried to build a bit of anticipation that as you step forward, rather than dwelling on what's behind you, that you can break out of this mold and see God do amazing things. Because really, if you really pull it down to its very uh, basic things, the church hasn't really done anything new uh, <laughs> since Jesus walked around. Yeah. I mean, we get together and, and we worship and we pray and we have mm. uh, people open the scriptures. Mm. Now, how we've done that has changed, but we still do that. And, you know, I love the passage because I'm a preacher where Paul preaches all night and someone falls asleep and falls off the windowsill. Yeah, I just love that. I yeah. think more of... The, no. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, so preaching has always gone long. That's that's what I like to remind people. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, 
but we really haven't done anything new. I mean, we, we've always helped the poor and we always will help the poor. We've always wanted to engage people into the kingdom of God. That's never going to change. We've always meant to be about discipleship. And so, uh, you know, Jesus didn't say go into the world and, and make church attenders. He said go into the world and make disciples. Mm. And so we've got to, you know, the churches should have been always about that. And mm. so really anything that we do is a rebirthing of something that's already been done in the last two and a half thousand years. Certainly, and with the desire that rather than the idea being new, but for God to do something new in amongst it. And God's God's pattern isn't really new either. He wants to lead people closer to himself. Mm. That's what the Spirit does. And really what we're doing as church leaders and in our different ministries is trying to facilitate a space to do that to either draw people close to the church so that God can speak to them there or whether we have to go to them and, and do it where they are. Whatever model it is, that's what we're trying to encourage our congregation to buy into. Um, it's really hard to do ministry when, you, when your congregation aren't bought into it. That's right. Um, so that's a real struggle. And I think breaking through this culture floor is a real key here. And it takes a bit of leadership. And it takes some passion and some excitement to say, let's leave the past where it is. Let's move forward. And let's see God do something new in amongst our church. In, in lots of ways, one of the ways forward in that is is to um, keep on having little wins. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's about doing uh, one or two th- small things and, and see them being successful. Yeah. And as you do that, you gain momentum, you mm-hmm. gain credibility as a leader. Certainly. But you also give credibility that God can be at work within the situation again. Yeah. And for a lot of these churches that are in a in a, uh, a been there, done that sort of cultural um, malaise, mm. it is not that they've stopped believing in God, mm. but uh, that they don't believe that God's going to move here and now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you've got to give them signs of hope that mm. God is at work. And I think that's what you did well at Malala as you came in. You came in a little bit gun ho but as you settled down, <laughs> um, you, you started concentrating on one or two little things, mm. and all of a sudden there were signs of life, and when they got signs of life, there were signs of hope. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about starting small, and I, I did. I came in pretty excited. You did, man. Um, it was my first pastor's gig, and I was just keen as beans to change the world, and I still am. I've learned how to do that better, <laughs> just to take people on the journey with me. But it wasn't hard in how I do faith and ministry in life to get people excited and on board. Um, so when I started the youth group, I knew that if I could get even just five kids, that would be a sign to the congregation that God's moving. So every week, not that I give a toss at all really about numbers, I do share with the with the congregation every Sunday how, how many kids do we have coming along. Not to boost that we're a really successful ministry, but just to show them that we're engaging this many people in our community. So when we do our community community barbecues, I count how many people we have mm. roughly to show them, hey, that's more than last month. Um, and I hope and I pray that there'll be a day soon where I don't have to count anymore, but they'll just see people and be like, wow, God is moving. And that really helps people break into that new season. Oh, okay, God is doing something new. We haven't seen this before. Maybe we should get on board with this new ministry idea or perhaps this reboot of an old one. Mm. But it is certainly a struggle. A struggle that I think a lot of churches have to face is, well, you're addressing 
um, the past in the framework of moving forward into the future. And sometimes you've got to try something again, knowing that God's in it. So it takes leadership. It takes encouragement. It takes consistency. And you're right. You have to get a couple of runs on the board to show them that God's doing something new. And I think, I think it's also a level of their discipleship as well. Mm-hmm. And so we've got, to, we've got to disciple people well to realize that, that there are seasons mm-hmm. and God provides seasons for a reason. Yeah. And, and it's how we are faithful in that season. Depends on how long that season lasts for. Mm-hmm. But that God, you know, is not always about onwards and upwards. It's, you know, God allows different things to do. Yeah. And so um, we um, need to continue to work on the discipleship of our people continue to bring before them like the 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 woman that touched jesus cloak 18 years she'd been stuck there and abraham's promises didn't get fulfilled in his lifetime yeah but they were overall so there are ways that you can lead out of that and that's Certainly. important uh, so we're going to now move on hopefully that's been a helpful little discussion for you you can share that with your team um and, and everything like that and hopefully that will help uh address maybe a culture flaw you're experiencing within your church. But Barry, we're going to discuss now another culture floor. Do you want to share with us what that is? Well, there's a, a, there's a common culture floor that we see in churches and, and I've, I've dubbed it the, the surface okay. culture floor. And the surface culture floor is a church that doesn't actually want to go too deep. Mm. So it's not that, that, you know, there are some churches who believe God can do big things, but you know, they can be struggling to see how they can do it now. But there's also churches who go, I'm not really sure that God is going to move at all. Yeah. And and I'm not going to sure that, that uh, all we're really meant to do is just gather on a Sunday mm. and uh, do our little uh, crosses and little rituals. And, and that is all there is to it. And so what we see is that the, those churches stay on the surface mm. of what faith is about. They don't... Uh, dig too deeply in that all there is about their Christian faith is on the Sunday and on that one hour on a Sunday and that's yeah, it yeah it's certainly a very comfortable way to do church as well you know and it's, it's a quite a danger as well if, the, if you as a leader get into that mentality yourself one you're making your job very easy but two you're not being very effective at all um, I, I've met a few churches um, I'd say probably too many that I'd probably prefer to meet that are very happy just to do Sunday but they'll ask the question, I just don't know why young people don't come to our services. Mm. We're, we're happy, we're friendly, why wouldn't they want to come? But that's as far as their curiosity goes. They're not going to go ask people, they're not going to go and engage with culture or the people around them. They're just, they're just happy to sit, do their thing, and unfortunately, and the blunt truth is, slowly die together. Slowly die together. Because what they are is they're a group of people that gather together for an hour on Sunday, mm. but they haven't developed a deep sense of community mm. uh, that God wants them to deep. They're not getting messy in each other's lives. They're not digging down deep into other people's issues and problems of what they're doing. They're just having a cup of tea and a biscuit after the thing and say, are you doing all right? And they go, no, I'm not. And go, well, that's too bad. <laughs> but, you know, they don't sit there and go, well, let me pray for you. Let, yeah, me, yeah. let me minister to you. There's not that depth of relationship and that depth of ministry that starts to come through. Uh, within the life of the church and if a church stays there you're right it's just heading straight down mm. to the grave and mm. and it's and it's going to close and so that when we come across churches like this um, some 
I've got to be honest, you just got to let die. Mm. There are some, yeah. You know, when when they, they just don't want to move, they don't want to get deep into the discipleship together, they don't want to get messy in each other's lives and they want to stay on that, that surface. Mm. Some of them, they're just not going to change and you've just got to let them pass away gracefully which is a great shame but uh, one one of the many reasons why i love the congregation i'm placed in at malala is they got to that space and they said no we, we want it we want to do something different and we're willing yeah. to explore it and that's why they've they employed me and that's why we've been able to really do a lot of work in a very short space of time but unfortunately you're right some churches aren't willing to look that way and when you look at the leadership and they say no you look at the congregation and they say no then you say fine Okay, that's right. I'm yep. sorry. Uh, if you're the pastor of that congregation, you've got a, you've got a hard task. You you got to you got to toe the line there and say, well, how much do I let them go? How much do I engage them in? But what you'll see with this kind of surface level culture, it comes on on a, on a kind of a spectrum, and and you see that some are on the surface level, but they're wanting to change. Some are on the surface level and don't want to engage at all. I think when you go further down the the dead end of the spectrum, um, you'll see people that you almost say that they have a Sunday faith. That they come to Sunday services, they're a Christian there. Monday to Friday or Saturday, you see them and, and they won't even recognize you. You wouldn't recognize them. They're living a completely different life. And we see that a lot with a lot of young people as well in youth groups, that they have this amazing faith on a Friday night and then it comes to the rest of the weekend. You, you see them out in public or you, you hear them on Facebook or whatever, and you're thinking, my goodness, you haven't really allowed the gospel to take over your whole life. Sure. And that's certainly a very dangerous place for a church to be in. And then it kind of goes, I, I think, further towards a, a healthy spectrum. But as a leader, we need to address it for where it is. Um, we don't want to see churches close. No. We want to see them engage. Um, and I think a really big thing to help with that is how, how you lead, how, how you encourage a congregation to be um, discipled, how you encourage them to be community. And I think that one thing that the church doesn't give itself enough credit for is we're really good at community. Being, uh, community. Like we're just good at it because we love each other. But for some people that have lost the art of it, maybe it's time as a leader that you invite people over for meals at your place. Mm. Or maybe it's you start throwing on events and pouring a lot of your own energy in, but you never know what it might spark within your congregation about what would come next. Really, um, you, you don't have too many large churches that have the surface thing. They've got their discipleship down pack. They want to encourage people in their giftings, and that's why they're growing. Yeah. Uh, so more likely than not, the ones with the surface culture are, are really 60 and below, yeah. uh, usually around about 20 people, 25 mm. uh, people. And, and as a leader, your only way to sort of move through that, I believe, is yes, you've got to be vibrant and speak faith from the front, but it is really about the cup of tea leadership. Yep. It's about getting alongside of people and asking them to hear their stories about what God has done in their life mm. and, and to try and start of unravel why it is that people it is. Now, I find that God always provides within a congregation those people that you need. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in, in very liberal congregations but if I scratch the surface, I find very evangelical people <laughs> within um, liberal congregations yeah. and, and uh, who are just wanting to bust out their faith, but the environment uh, traps them within uh, what they do. But um, if you can go and you can start to breathe, breathe life into individuals mm. uh, then that, and give them permission to share who they are yeah. and then it will start to permeate through the whole congregation 
So you might be sitting in a church or, or leading a church um, as you listen to this today and, and you are kind of identifying with this, um, with this surface level culture. Uh, I think I want to encourage you that those, those one-on-one cups of tea uh, are incredible and you might have led for the past you know, five years in a certain style but you want to today change the trajectory. No, I didn't say that word well at all. <laughs> I can't do the, it either. <laughs> the course of ministry that you're going down, or the road, or the path, whatever metaphor you want, um, you want to change. <laughs> can't do it. Uh, you want to change that course. The trajectory. The trajectory. <laughs> oh dear. Um, then I think that's fantastic. It's it, there's there's no better time to change than today, and it starts with your leadership. And whether you are. Uh, in the top job or whether you're kind of a volunteer, you can influence culture there. And I think a great way that you can do that is by surprising people. Surprising people by, hey, one week they were like this, but hey, they're trying something different now. Or, well, I haven't had a minister come to visit me for no reason in 20 years. Mm. And this, this pastor has come to sit with me and just asked to hear my story and actually got excited about my story. Um, I think there is a fantastic start and I think we need to learn how to inspire people with something new and something exciting. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's why we did discipleship as a podcast really early on, because yeah. it does come down to not doing group discipleship, but doing one-on-one discipleship, mm. sparking the imagination of what God can do, encouraging people uh, to go deeper in their faith and not to keep it on a surface level. Mm. But it will take time, it will take energy, yeah. and we've got to, you've just got to sow it in. But if... If you um, perceive a, a surface culture within the life of your church, uh, I don't think as a pastor you can um, stay if you can't change it. Yeah. And I don't think that you can allow that culture to stay mm. if, if you're believing that God wants you to work on it. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, many years ago now I sat down with a pastor and uh, and he was a pastor of a semi-rural congregation, and uh, he came to them and said, "Look, I, I think that God to his leadership, I think that God is wanting us to develop stuff and and do stuff. What do you think?" And uh, they turned around to him and said, "All we want you to do is visit and preach, and that's it." And he stayed for another three years within the life of that church and spiritually died. And right at that moment, he says, "You're not going to change." I'm out of here and you can do whatever you need to do. So you've got to be really clued up about whether God's calling you to stay, whether God's calling you to go. If he's calling you to stay, you've got to do something about it. And if the writing's on the wall that you're never going to shift them, then then move on. That would be my advice. Yeah, tough advice. But the reality is that if you allow the very small congregation that you're placed in, to stop you from influencing the thousands of people that live around your church and that you're called to reach, then you've got to make that decision. Yeah. Either you give the church a flick or, 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 or you have to make some really rough decisions in amongst being with that congregation. Um, but these are things that pastors have to wrestle with. We have to wrestle with these ideas. We need to kind of um, be bold and courageous with it to an extent and not be afraid to ask the tough questions. Um, I think if we as leaders can be aware of what our culture is, that's why we've spent so much time on these culture flaws and on culture in itself, is because if you don't get the culture right, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to be as effective as you should be as a church. So I hope that this conversation has uh, helped you a little bit. 
I hope that it's um, engaged your thinking about culture. It's easy not to think about culture and just to do the, the ministry that you're, you're a part of, but to think about the culture behind the ministry is an essential thing for pastors to do. Um, so we pray that this has been helpful. If you want us to continue to unpack further ones, you can send us an email. You can find that on our Facebook page. You have a, a send email button, or you can find it on our website, openministries.net. Um, but we are, are really happy with how this conversation has gone. Um, and we actually received the email to start this conversation all of a month ago. So uh, we're hoping that your emails will help us um, in unpacking what matters most to you guys. But uh, until next time, we'll uh, catch you later. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.